So we're, st we're, we're, we're jumping back into our series on Elijah. I only, I don't, this is a shorter message this morning. So we're going to just spend about 20 minutes in Scripture today. Um, but this is a very Holy Spirit-led message that I have this morning. And I'll expound on that in a minute. But this is from the Lord. I know it. 1 Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 1. It says, Later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. So Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. Once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden a hundred of them in two caves. He put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, we must check every spring and valley in the land to see if we can't find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. So they divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. Okay, so there's a word that sticks out to me, one word that sticks out to me when I read these verses, and it's the word meanwhile. All right, meanwhile, because the story so far has been all about Elijah. Elijah being fed by the ravens, Elijah being, uh, you know, drinking from the brook, Elijah going to Zarephath and seeing the flour and the oil not run out, Elijah raising a boy from the dead, right? Amazing, awesome, hard, but incredible stuff, and it's all been about Elijah. But meanwhile, meanwhile, the earth is still spinning, and we're introduced to this guy, Obadiah, who was left behind, not told where Elijah was going, not told the timeline or anything like that. He's just there. And he's spinning all these plates trying to keep everything under control while Elijah goes off and does all, the, all these awesome things. Right? And so I'm going to tell you all something really quick. I've, I've taught the story of Elijah. When I, when I used to teach Bible uh, for our school, um, I would do the story of Elijah every year. Every year. For like eight or nine years, however long I taught. I don't remember. Um, and I've read this a lot. And what we're talking about today, I have never considered in my life. And when I was going over it, you know, I, I was in the mindset, we're going to breeze through Obadiah and we're going to get to the fire, right? I'm ready to get to the fire from heaven, right? And, and the Lord was like, no, 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 I, I want to consider Obadiah for a minute. Let's talk about Obadiah. So I stopped and I listened to what the Lord was saying and just looked at the scripture. And here we have this guy, Obadiah, who's dealing with the meanwhile. Meanwhile... While Elijah's going off and doing all this stuff, he's stuck in his home. And I don't know if, I don't know if any of y'all have felt like this, but I felt like this, where everyone else, right, everyone else, not just one, but everyone else is going off and living this life that is just awesome and incredible and adventurous, and God is doing all these amazing things. And meanwhile, I'm stuck here. And that's Obadiah. In this moment, this is Obadiah. Meanwhile. The word, the name Obadiah means worshiper of Yahweh or servant of Yahweh. So what can we gather from Obadiah in just these few verses? We know that Obadiah loves the Lord. He serves the Lord. Obadiah is brave. He's brave because he put his life on the line to hide a hundred prophets in caves from the queen, right, Jezebel, who was trying to kill all of them, the, Satan's woman of the hour, Jezebel. He's brave. He loves the Lord. He's a hard worker. We know he's a hard worker because Ahab, the king, chose him to go do this errand with him. He is asking Obadiah to do the same thing that he's doing. 
right? Ahab goes one way, Obadiah goes another. So he's a hard worker in this palace that he's been placed in. So he loves the Lord. He's brave. You know, he's, he's saved people. He's selfless. He's a hard worker. He's done all these things right. But something else about Obadiah is he feels alone. And he is alone. He's in this palace where the king and king, king and queen have introduced Baal, this false god. They're killing prophets of the Lord, tearing down temples of the Lord, erecting all these other temples to false gods. You don't think that makes you feel alone? He can't even be himself. He can even talk about God, or he's going to be put to death. He also feels alone because his hero, his mentor, his protector, Elijah, is gone. And there was no huddle. There was no ready break when Elijah left. God said, go, and he went. So Obadiah wakes up one day with all this chaos going on in the kingdom. God is being pushed out the door. Baal is being worshipped. And he's looking around going, where's Elijah? Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Verse 7, it says, as Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my lord, Elijah? He asked. Yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master Elijah is here. Okay, let's just stop for a second. That's not the warm, fuzzy greeting that Obadiah was probably dreaming about in his head, right? Is it you? I'm bowing to you. Is it really you, Elijah? Yes, it is. Go tell the king I'm here. Not that a boy, Obadiah. Good job, Obadiah. How's it going, Obadiah? Just go and do this for me. Verse 9. Oh, sir, Obadiah protested. What harm have I done to you that you are sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? For I swear by the Lord your God that the king has, been, has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. And each time he was told Elijah isn't here, King Ahab forced the king of that nation to swear to the truth of his claim. And now you say, go and tell your master, master Elijah is here. Listen to this, verse 12. But as soon as I leave you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you away to who knows where. When Ahab comes and cannot find you, he will kill me. Yet I have been a true servant of the Lord all my life. Has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred of them in the two caves and supplied them with food and water. And now you say, go and tell your master Elijah is here? Sir, if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me. Woo! That's quite the reaction from Obadiah. And y'all, here, here's where it really opened up for me in verse 12. Listen, and he's not saying, if you leave. Obadiah's reality is that Elijah is already gone. He said, as soon as I leave you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you away to who knows where. Y'all, this might be a stretch, but, but this is what the Lord put on my heart for this week. This, this is what I felt the Lord was saying. The Holy Spirit opened my eyes in, in these couple verses, starting in verse 12, of Obadiah's reaction to Elijah. It sounds to me, it reminds me of someone who's got, and I'm not joking about this, who's got daddy issues. Someone who says, you're going to go. You left me before, and you're going to leave me again. And I've been here all this time trying to do this while you've been off living your life, doing this thing, and when you come back, you don't even ask me how I'm doing. You don't tell me I've done a good job. 
You just send me on another errand, and that errand is going to kill me because you're going to be gone, and I'm going to be left here in another meanwhile. And that meanwhile for me is death. That's Obadiah's reality. His hero is gone. His protector was gone. He was off doing something, something else. Didn't even bother telling him where he was going or when he was coming back. And Obadiah is spinning the plates, just trying to stay alive, feeling alone, feeling unprotected, feeling vulnerable, also not feeling recognized. You notice that he says in here, didn't you not hear what I did? Don't you hear? Maybe it's, it's like Obadiah, there's this, there's this hope that maybe, just maybe, wherever Elijah was at, whatever cave he was hiding at, whatever town he was in, that just maybe word got back to him of what Obadiah had done. Saved a hundred prophets, Elijah. Aren't you proud of me? And he says it again. That's why he tells him, didn't you hear this? Didn't you hear what I did? Can you, can you give me something, Elijah, before you send me off to slaughter? Because if you left me once, you're going to leave me again. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But can you just stay? Can you be proud of me? Can you protect me? Because while you've been gone, things have gotten crazy. My meanwhile has been really, really hard. Verse 15. But Elijah said, I swear by the Lord Almighty, in whose presence I stand, that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. Elijah doesn't say, I promise you that I will do this. He says, I swear by the Lord Almighty. And that's a big deal. Because the Lord Almighty does not lie. And I want to say to everyone in here, everyone watching online, that your earthly father is not your heavenly father. The failings of your earthly dad do not reflect on you, and especially do not reflect on God. He is different. So where your dad has failed you, or maybe is failing you, or didn't say things, or said certain things to you that have hurt you, that is not a reflection on you. And that is not a reflection on the Lord and the God that we serve, our Father in heaven, because he's different. Numbers 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man. I love this verse. I love it. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So when Elijah says, I swear by the Lord Almighty, that means I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And so when the Lord says things over you, you need to know that that is truth. And you don't need to look to anyone else, especially your, the failings of your father, to say, well, that can't apply to me. Yes, it can, because God is not a man. And when he says things, he means it. And that here's the thing. In our meanwhiles, we're never alone. God is with us in all of those situations. Our Heavenly Father does not leave us. So you might feel like you're spinning plates. You might feel like everyone else in the world is living this great adventure and you're stuck in this meanwhile and you weren't even told about it. I'm telling you right now, God is with you. Your heavenly Father is with you. Psalm 27, verse 10. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. The Lord holds you close. 
1 John 4, 9 and 10. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Listen, the reason that God is different is because he gave his son to be your father. He gave his only son to adopt all of us in as his children. He proved it. He proved his love for us. He proved his love for you in that moment in a way that we could never argue how he feels about us. He proved it. He says, you're not alone. He says, I love you. He says, you are precious to me. And he says, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because you're mine. Some of y'all need to hear that today. The Lord is proud of you. He's proud of where you've come from. He's proud of your efforts. He's proud of how you try every single day. You might look at, you know, what that's resulted in. It might not feel like much to you. You might feel like you keep trying and it's not working. You might feel like you're trying and it just ends in failure every time. I'm telling you right now, y'all, listen to me. Listen to me. He is proud of you. He's proud of the work that you're putting in. He's proud of your heart to try and seek him, to open the Bible. And it might feel, it sound and feel like gibberish to you. He's proud of you. And he loves you. Your heavenly father loves you so much. It doesn't matter how anyone else has treated you. His love for you is not conditional. It's not based on how other people have treated you. He's so proud of you. I hope y'all are listening to me on that one. Because he is. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. That's Jesus, y'all. Rejected, denied, despised, and we didn't care. I'll tell you something. If you feel like you're in your meanwhile, you feel like your earthly dad has failed you, Jesus knows exactly how you feel. Despised and rejected, and we didn't even care. You know, when we feel, we feel rejected by our, by our Father, we, we have a, a sense of homelessness because there's nowhere where, where we belong. Where do we go when our earthly fathers rejected us? We feel homeless. Do you ever consider how Jesus felt his entire life here on earth, living in a place that was not his home? I think Jesus got homesick a lot. The Bible says that, uh, it might have been my notes, but, you know, birds have their nests, foxes have their holes, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus wasn't saying that because he was doing missional work. He was saying that because he wasn't in his home. This wasn't his home. I think Jesus longed to be home all the time. My goodness, is heaven, if heaven is anything like we expect it to be, you best believe Jesus was like, when can I go back? This place ain't that great. People are mean. I think Jesus was homesick. He was looking for that place like we all look for when we have that sense of homelessness. But that's the beauty of Jesus. 
Because he didn't say, I can't wait to get back. He said, I can't wait to bring everybody back to this home that they don't even know about. Matthew 27, verse 45 and 46. It says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus is on this cross, surrendering himself. Perfect, spotless lamb. And he says these words. And you know in the, in the synoptic gospels, this is the only time where Jesus doesn't refer to God as his father. Because in that moment, I, I, and it, I just, I consider this, and I think Jesus knew and God knew too that if Jesus cried out to God as his father, Knowing the father that God was, God would have to step in because a good father steps in when his son is hurting. And so Jesus, rather than doing, rather than calling out on his father, he called out on God, right? Because here's the thing, y'all, listen to this. Because Jesus knew that God in that moment was becoming our father. And in order for him to become our father, he had to relinquish him as his father, and so that's why he called him God, not Father. Because God in that moment was, was busy adopting all of us as his sons and daughters. Come on, y'all. He loves you. He loves you. And the moment that you receive Jesus in your life, he changes everything. Because now you have a home. Now you have a place. You're not, you're not in a meanwhile anymore. You're not spinning your plates alone. You can be yourself. You can call on your church family. You can call on Jesus. That's why, y'all, it's so profound to me still that God put this mission statement on Beaches Chapel, that this be a home. It is a home where you can be and you can rest and you can talk about your sickness from stage. You can come up for an altar call. We'll spend 30 minutes if we have to praying for everybody that responds. And nobody cares because we're all in this together. This is a home that God has given us. He did it by becoming our father. And I'm going to have the band come back up. And I want to close just with a little bit of worship this morning. And I, I just want to say, y'all, I, I, you need to hear me on this because it's heavy on my heart. And I felt like the enemy, this is supposed to be last Sunday's message. It's today's. We weren't going to not share it. Some of us really needed to hear this today. That you have a lot of hurt built up. Or maybe you don't even know it. You think less of yourself. You think less qualified. You think, you think that maybe even you don't deserve God's love in your life because you haven't been shown it by your earthly father. But I'm telling you right now, he gave up his son to be your father. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. And he loves you. And he is so proud of you. And he sees how you've been handling yourself in the meanwhile. And you might not get a pat on the back from whoever. But the Lord's saying, I see you. And I see what you're doing. And I just want to say right now, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, that gift of God's Son, who took all of our sins, and he made us the righteousness of God, co-heirs with Christ, if you've been trying, trying all yourself, 
to do it all and, and you're tired or life is beating you up or maybe even your family's beating you up, I want to give you the opportunity right now to receive the love of Jesus and to become a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And it's about this moment right now. Will you take that step? I'm telling you, believe. This message is for you. Doesn't matter how you walked in. Doesn't matter what you did an hour ago, 10 minutes ago, for the last year. It does not matter. It's about this moment. So why don't we stand up? And I'm going to pray. And if that's you this morning, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you need to know that this is your time. And I'm not going to lead us in a prayer that you to repeat after me or anything like that. I just want you in your seat or we're watching online, wherever you might be at. All you have to do is say, Lord, I believe. You can say whatever words you need to. I encourage you to. Say your own prayer. So that's what God's after. He's after your heart. So be honest with him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We love you, Abba Father. God, it was shared last week that we don't have to walk in fear. We, we, we walk in victory because you've already won. And that's the truth, Lord. We walk in victory because our Heavenly Father won the battle for us. You put your son on a cross. Had him die the most excruciating death, even though he lived a perfect life, to take all of our sin on him so that we could call you Father. So whatever season of life we're in, whatever the day holds, whatever our meanwhile looks like, we feel alone, we feel abandoned, we feel like life is passing us by, we can cry out, Father, Father, and you're close. You're close to us, and you protect us, and you provide for us, and you move on our behalf. And though there's pain in the night, Father, we know that there's joy in the morning, and you fill our hearts with joy, and you fill our mouths with laughter, and you fill our eyes with tears of joy and love because you love us. You are a good father. You are a good father. Thank you for sacrificing Jesus for us. And right now, Lord, if there's anyone who doesn't know you, God, I pray that they would have a conversation with you right now and ask you into their heart. It's so simple, y'all. It's so simple. You just have to ask. It's right there. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for this church. That is not a building, but it really is a group of people that love one another, that pray for one another. Thank you for every single prayer request that you heard this morning up at the altar. God, that you would 
move in the lives of everyone that needs those miracles. Continue to move here at Beaches Chapel. Lead us, Father, in the ways that we should go. That we would be bold in our faith, not just here at church, Lord, but especially outside these doors. To pray for those that don't know you. To introduce them to you. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you, Father. We say we love you, and we worship you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.